Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning, time for your first Mediated Conversation of the week. Over the last few weeks, the television news channel Al Jazeera has broadcast a four-part documentary showing how high-ranking officials in Zimbabwe are helping people to smuggle gold out of that country. The gold appears to leave Zimbabwe and is flown to Dubai. Once there, it's melted down or refined again. And the value of this is that people who are making money illicitly are then able to move that money around. They're able to do almost anything with it. And from what Al Jazeera says, it goes all the way to the top. They have played footage of people claiming to be able to move gold around because they have access, in fact, to the Zimbabwean president, Emerson Mangagwa. The documentary series also says that this network helped the Guptas to move money out of South Africa and into Zimbabwe and then to Dubai. And it details how officials at three banks in South Africa, Sassfin, Standard Bank and ABSA, were bribed and bribed to move money around, sometimes to hide the payments. All three banks say they're acting on the claims and are investigating. Some have also canc- have also cancelled the accounts of some of the people implicated in this documentary. So then, what does this tell us about what's happening in Zimbabwe? How is this gold moved around? Why is it happening in this way? First this morning, you'll hear from the Zimbabwean journalist Hopewell Chinono. Then, from a political analyst who specializes on the situation in Zimbabwe, William Mopofu is a researcher at the Witt Center for Diversity Studies and a political analyst. Then, what does this tell us about the economy of Zimbabwe? Eddie Cross is an economist, also a former official for the, the Movement for Democratic Change, a former member of the National Assembly in Zimbabwe. He's also helped the Zimbabwean government several times in terms of financial issues. And finally, Henny van Furen from Open Secrets. He's the director there. What this tells us about the role played by Dubai and the United Arab Emirates. We start then with the Zimbabwean journalist Hopewell Chinono. Hopewell, good morning and thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Firstly, these are serious claims. I mean, to even suggest that the president of Zimbabwe is involved, that other people are involved. Uh, is there strong evidence to bolster the claims? Do you believe them? Uh, th- th- this has been known, uh, and, and I'm sure Eddie Cross will explain in detail because he has worked with both sides, the opposition, and has been an advisor to President Mnangagwa and his, his Mnangagwa's biographer. The, the, the stories that... Uh, Gold was being smuggled by political elites in ZANU-PF have been around for for decades. What Al Jazeera was able to do was to get the actors uh, or those who work with the political elites in Zimbabwe to say it on camera. Uh, Zimbabwe loses uh, gold worth about 166 million US dollars every month through smuggling, going through Dubai, going through South Africa. And the, the smugglers are protected by the political elites. In fact, as, as we are speaking, I'm on trial for exposing one of the president's niece, uh, Henrietta Rishwire, uh, that she was going to get bail and opposed after she was caught uh, trying to smuggle gold to Dubai, uh, gold worth 6.7 kilograms in 2020. Uh, why would the state put a journalist on trial for exposing corruption if the political elites are not involved. So they are at the center of it. And uh, this explains what we've been saying all along, that the problems that are affecting Zimbabwe in terms of the economy are not caused by sanctions, but are caused by the plunder of the country's natural resources and the looting of public funds, which we have seen and being explained by the uh, actors working with the political elites in the Al Jazeera film. Okay, so, I mean, the obvious question is why would people in government be helping to move gold out of Zimbabwe? For you, it's simple. It's a simple profit motive. They benefit. Yes, that's true. What what they're doing is they they don't pay taxes. They don't pay royalties. 
so in essence, they are stealing from the state because uh, the rules that apply to you and me, if we want to go into the gold trade, don't apply to them. Uh, gold is supposed to be sold solely to the central bank. Uh, through a company called Fidelity Printers. But these guys are not playing by the game. So you find that the people that are being undermined are the big mining companies because initially they were supposed to get 60% of whatever they sell to the central bank in foreign exchange and the 40% in the um, uh, useless Zimbabwean dollar, which has no value. Uh, now it has been increased to 75% uh, and, and 25% in the local currency. But these guys are not um, uh, subjected to that rule. They get all their money in US dollars. And we, as we saw with the Kenyan guy called uh, Brother Poe in the film, uh, they, they leave the money there. So it's externalization as well. They're externalizing money using mm. gold. And the danger of that is the economic collapses, which is what uh, has happened in Zimbabwe. It seems that their flights to Dubai, literally someone's carrying the stuff onto a flight to Dubai, what, every day? More than once a day? Uh, it looks like it's a daily thing um, because I, I was listening to uh, what was being said by one of the big uh, uh, gold players in Zimbabwe. He said that in 10 months he had uh, moved six tons of gold. Uh, six tons, that's a lot of gold. Sure. And so it means that people are flying on the Emirates flight every day to, to Dubai. Hopewell Chinono, thank you. A journalist based in Zimbabwe, we really appreciate it. You with SAFM, your mediated conversation continues at 20 minutes to nine. The claims made by Al Jazeera of a gold mafia in Zimbabwe. Dr. William Mpofu is a political analyst, also a researcher at the Fit Center for Diversity Studies. Dr. Mpofu, good morning and thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, sir, and uh, thank you for affording me this opportunity. I greet your panelists and your listeners. Do you agree with Hopewell Chinono? Is there a strong element of criminality in Zimbabwean politics, moving money around like this by people with very powerful positions? I cannot agree with Hopewell any more than that I agree because he's um, accurate in his um, observation. Um, there are two observations that I want to make uh, after uh, Chinono. What... Um, uh, Al Jazeera has shown us in the world is only a tip of the proverbial iceberg. These researchers or investigators, whatever we want to call them, only followed one network and um, a, a group that is participating in that criminality. There are many more, all reporting to the top office in the country. So the figures that we have, the statistics that we are talking about, are only a tip of the iceberg. A lot more is happening. Run back to Robert Mugabe telling the nation and the world that 15 billion US dollars worth of um, diamond were missing in Zimbabwe. That was a few months before the coup that toppled him. If you put the dots together and look at these statistics, you will realize that Zimbabwe is a cash cow for the political and economic and military elite. That's the first observation I want to make into this conversation. The second one is, um, there's this big question about the continent of Africa. How come we have all this bounty of wealth in natural resources? 
but Africa's people are poor. Africa's politics are, uh, are, are, are unstable, and Africa's economies are failed. The Al Jazeera documentary answers that question. It tells us what exactly happens to Africa's resources and how that happens and why it is happening. And the issue is, what are Africans going to do about this cult of politicians, uh, so-called business players, that are milking and that are bleeding the continent of its resources at the expense of the continent for their benefit and the benefit of other continents and the larger world out there? It's a scandal. It's a crime against humanity. It's economic genocide. It's politicized. It's, it's, it's evil. It shouldn't be happening. Thank you. Um, is it just Zimbabwean gold, or could South African gold be ending up in Zimbabwe somewhere? I mean, we keep hearing about the Rudland family in Zimbabwe. Uh, we're told they're cigarette smugglers. There's evidence against them. They deny wrongdoing. We have links to the Gupta family who were here for a long time. Is it not just Zimbabwe, but actually bigger than that? I really want to factor in the African question. In this case, Zimbabwe is just a case study. Well, a vivid one for that matter. A spectacular one for that matter. What is happening in Zimbabwe is what happens here and there in many other African countries. But what we have seen um, under the care of uh, President Emerson Nangagwa his family and their friends and these networks that they use to loot uh, Zimbabwean natural resources um, to actually colonize the Zimbabwean economy and monopolize the polity by um, keeping power by means fraudulent and means forceful is an indicator of the African condition. But Zimbabwe stands here as a case study that shows us exactly why Africa is where it is and what is happening to the continent. And even what Africans should do. As we speak, Zimbabweans should be in the streets. The political opposition should be in the streets. The civil society should be in the streets. The security forces should be in the streets. Because here is a family, here is a network, and here are friends that are being deployed to literally milk a polity and milk an economy, and that shouldn't be happening. Dr. William Mpofu, thank you. Researcher at the Witt Center for Diversity Studies and a political analyst. Here at SAFM, your mediator conversation continues at a quarter to nine about the gold mafia in Zimbabwe, the allegations made by El Jazeera. Eddie El Jazeera. Eddie Cross is an economist, a former member of the National Assembly of Zimbabwe for an opposition party, but also has worked, and I imagine continues to work in some capacity, for the government of Zimbabwe and has been an advisor for the president, Emerson Mangagwa. Mr. Cross, good morning and thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. I've, I felt those comments by uh, the guy that you've just been speaking to were very <laughs> succinct and on the spot. <laughs> yes, what can I do for you? How is it possible to know how long this kind of gold smuggling has been going on for in Zimbabwe? I mean, do you accept the claims that it is high-ranking, the highest-ranking politicians in Zimbabwe who are behind this? And I don't want to put you in a difficult position, but... It seems to me incredible that this could be happening without the president of Zimbabwe. Knowing. 
Yeah, I think he's very well informed. I think he knows exactly what's going on. I think the same applies to your president. Um, you know, I've often been puzzled by the fact that, you know, 70 million tons, 70 tons of gold a year, which is roughly $5 billion worth of gold, is smuggled across the South African border. And the smugglers are never intercepted. They're never arrested. Um, and this traffic has been going on for years um, and growing steadily. And the bulk of this illicit, uh, these illicit flows are refined in South African refineries. I think Rand Refinery is the great exception because it demands proof of origin. But the others are clearly involved in the network. Um, and, you know, and, and the reason for that, I think, are a mul multitude. But I think at the very core is that the political stru structures in both South Africa and in Zimbabwe have benefited from this trade. It's quite a big accusation to make, I mean, because this would also suggest that despite changes in politics here and in Zimbabwe, that trade continues then on your version. Well, um, I know that the, the president of South Africa has recently taken action to tighten up um, things at the border. Um, but we still do not see any significant arrests uh, of individuals uh, moving gold illicitly across the border. And I mean, this must be a daily occurrence. It's 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 so large. It it must be you know very very substantial. Um, in Zimbabwe, I think the president has tightened up the ship a bit, but you know, gold is a, is is a peculiar um, a peculiar trade because I think it's it's much better than the diamond story. I mean, diamonds seventy percent of the value of our diamonds over the last. Um, 14 years or so have been has disappeared and that runs to many many billions of dollars and uh, the 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 actual damage to zimbabwe of the gold activities is much much less not because the trade is smaller it's much larger but because the the dealers are forced to pay the far, the miners uh, a reasonable rate of return uh, to get the gold uh, in the first place so the bulk of the bulk of the earnings on gold, in fact, do remain in Zimbabwe and are traded in Zimbabwe, and that makes a huge contribution to our economy. That was not the case in the case of diamonds. So if all of this gold is leaving Zimbabwe, whether it's coming from South Africa or over Zimbabwe, where does it all go, and where does the wealth go? Because there's only so much that can be brought back. I mean, I don't know how many cars one person can have. But after that, I mean, where does the wealth go? Is it becoming generational wealth overseas in Europe or something? Well, yeah, you, you've, you've got to get that into perspective. Um, the, the miners themselves are paid very, very substantially. I mean, the, the price of gold is about $70 a gram. And I would imagine that the traders have to pay the miners at least two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of that. So the actual margin on, on moving gold across your borders is not that great. I mean, it may be 20 or 25%. But still, given the fact that our gold trade is probably around about 100 tons a year, which is $7 billion of gold, um, the, 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 the money being created by this, the wealth being created, is very substantial. Um, now, it does come back to Zimbabwe. Uh, in the first days, I think one of the lessons of the Al Jazeera series was that 
the degree of money laundering that's going on. So dirty money in the Far East is finding its way here, and it is finding its way into the gold market. And, uh, and that gold is then taken to South Africa, refined, and then it's either traded in South Africa or exported to Dubai. And uh, there's quite a lot of this gold traded in South Africa into RAND, and then the RAND is used to pay for exports into Zimbabwe. That's quite a substantial proportion of, of the trade, which was not covered by Al Jazeera. Um, and Al Jazeera's numbers are a fraction of the real value of, of the total business that we're handling. In terms of the 100 tons from Zimbabwe, about, about 30 tons of that comes into the country from mainly from the Conga. Uh, the Conga is an enormous source of, of, of gold. I mean, Rwanda is a major exporter of gold. It has no gold mines. Um, the same with, with Uganda. It's all, uh, you know, Congolese gold smuggled across the border. In our case, it comes south with truck drivers and it's traded here. And that Indian businessman, the, the so-called pastor here, um, uh, is, is the major player in that respect. He, he built up his network while he was living in the, in, in East Africa and he can, he's built it up still further here in, in Zimbabwe. Um, but this is a, this is a very complex issue. It's, it's not simple, not simply a question of guys taking, it's not, it's not looting, uh, in, in, in the classical sense. Um, these guys are not stealing the gold. They're paying the miners for the gold and then exporting it illicitly. And it's the illicit aspects of the exports that I think South Africa and Zimbabwe should work on. Because if the gold remained here and it was refined here, we'd get much more money f for the gold that we produce. Eddie Cross, thank you. Really do appreciate the time. An economist in Zimbabwe, advisor to the government there and a former member of the National Assembly uh, for an opposition party. In a moment, Henny van Furen from Open, Open Secrets. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continue your Mediated Conversation this morning around the El Jazeera Gold Mafia documentary and the claims it makes around Zimbabwe. Henny van Fiernes, the director at Open Secrets. Henny, good morning. Morning, Stephen. Morning to the listeners. We've all seen what happened with the Gupta, Gupta extradition in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, or the non-extradition. Now we have these reports of gold being shipped to Dubai in this way. What does this tell us about what's happening there? Hmm. I think I think what it has done is it's this rather brilliant investigation by Al Jazeera has, has again helped us understand that what happened with the Guptas in Dubai, the fact that they not only resided there, but they used Dubai as an entry point for their global money laundering network, the money stolen from the South African people, uh, it talks to the way in which Dubai is plugged into the system of, of money laundering and corruption around the world, in a sense that um, if there was a, a if you were building a house out of money laundering and corruption, uh, the, some, one of the key foundation points of that in today's modern world is the United Arab Emirates and Dubai and the shimmer of those high rise uh, hotels and you know sort of fancy buildings where many South Af wealthy South Africans like to go on holidays. In fact, a front 
for a very aggressive, sinister criminal economy that is uh, damaging not only countries like South Africa, but certainly Zimbabwe. We've seen um, very clearly that it's a central node for for laundering uh, proceeds of crime from around the world in exchange for gold from Zimbabwe. So basically cleaning the proceeds of crime uh, in some of the shiny towers in in places like Dubai and the United Arab Emirates. And of course, other countries on the continent as well. We think about Sudan, uh, where there's also the movement of gold, uh, and a number number of other countries on the African continent. Um, uh, the plunder of resources is uh, is it has the fingerprints of Dubai and its rulers all over it. Do you think that the people in charge, its rulers, is, to use your expression, they must know that this is happening? Is that your view? I think absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's a system of crime that is developed. The the the, the there's the for a very long time, the UAE was protected by the United States and uh, the, the European Union and others, both militarily, but in a way they were they were kind of allowed to continue their grift because they showed allegiance um, to some of these large, if you like, imperial powers. They're now shifting some of those interests towards the Russians and they're allowing as much dirty Russian money as possible, particularly in terms of evading sanctions from what we understand uh, through Dubai. Um, so it's, it's a, if you like, again, it's a system of practice that they've been involved in and it's not a democratic state by any means there are no independent courts when our uh, prosecuting authorities and others went um, slightly foolishly to the to the, to to dubai imagining that they were sitting in open courts those are those are closed systems of justice where the rulers you know the non-elected leaders are the ones who make all the key decisions so so in in every sense i think that we need to understand this as and i think one is cautious of saying this but um, a country like Dubai is a criminal enclave. The, the fundamental mm-hmm. question that faces a country like South Africa, given the impact that Dubai has on our region, and it's not only Zimbabwe, we, we believe and there's enough reason to suggest that it's doing similar things in other countries in our region. And of course, state capture and the impact has been devastating to millions of South Africans. The question we need to ask is, is it time not for our Ministry of Foreign Affairs, for DOCO, to be issuing a demarche to the ambassador in Dubai, but to rather saying we need to expel the 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 ambassador of the UAE from South Africa. I mean, and I, you know, I say that with some some caution, but it's very clear we need to push out the ambassador and we need to ask a question of South African businesses whether it's time to ban Dubai, whether we need to stop our business relationships with a small criminal state. Sure. Um... The claim, so we have a claim against the, the rulers of Dubai. We understand the claims against the Zimbabwean government. When a government allows this corruption to happen, is there anything citizens or anyone else can do about it? Well, I mean, I think, the, uh, I think firstly, we need to engage with the content of, of these kind of investigations, all of us. I think it's on YouTube. I think we should be, those of us who have data should be watching this, should be sharing and should be discussing what's happening in our neighboring country in Zimbabwe and what the implication is for the Zimbabwean people. Um, but then I think that, um, you know, we need to recognize that, that the desire of the people who run these systems of crime, including our political leaders, is to make them look unnecessarily complex. These are, you know, these are, these are just, these are, just plain crooked uh, 
transactions and actions that are underway. And I think it's our responsibility to organize its people. I think, as one of your guests said, it's for, for people in Zimbabwe to take to the streets, but for us to put pressure on our authorities, to say to, to our banks, to Standard Bank, to APSA, uh, to SASFIN, don't just tell us that you've gotten rid of a couple of people. We know you had your fingerprints all over state capture in South Africa, and yet none of you, from what we can see, have done very little to address the fundamental problems you've had. We need to put pressure on our Reserve Bank to say, we don't want you captured by criminal elites like like uh, the Zuma uh, cartel was planning to do in South Africa. We want you to be able to, you know, to operate independently in the interests of the South African public and not one particular elite, whether it's criminal or just a moneyed elite or not. And so I think that's the kind of pressure we need to be placing on these financial institutions to say, we see you. We see the fact that you don't actually address some of the fundamental problems uh, that you've wrought on the South African people. Uh, and we will take, if necessary, take our business elsewhere. We'll move out of those banks if you don't act in the interests of, of South Africa's people. And frankly, enabling crime, enabling a grift that damages mm -hmm. working class people across Southern Africa uh, is no public service. I think uh, it shows that they are working against the interests of people. Director of Open Secrets, Henny van Furen, thank you. My thanks also to Eddie Cross, uh, former advisor to the Zimbabwean government, former member of the opposition there. William Mpofu is a, Dr. William Mpofu is an analyst on Zimbabwean politics and at the Centre for Diversity Studies at Wits University and starting us off, the Zimbabwean journalist Hopewell Chinono. From Zoma, Banyana, Stanza, and do myself, look after yourself. We'll see you tomorrow. You're with SFM, leading the conversation just after nine o'clock.